0: You hear me talk about labs all the time, and there is a huge difference between normal and optimal. And I see you, I see you on Facebook. I see you in the groups. I see you in my Facebook group, love your mirror, posting that your doctor told you that your labs were within normal limits, air quotes. I ask you, Do you want to be normal or do you want to be optimal? If you want to be optimal, you have to know exactly where those numbers need to be. You need to know where your labs need to land, each and every marker. You need to know what is optimal. So that way you don't just accept what your doctor says when he or she tells you that they are normal or within normal limits or worse, everything is fine. No. You need to know where your lab should be, where each number should be, so you can know whether or not you need to fire your doctor. And we've talked about that in past episodes, so you can always come back and listen. Are you finally at your wits end where you are tired of dealing with doctor after doctor? Maybe you've spent thousands on integrative or functional practitioners that have not helped you at all because they don't know the thyroid and hormones. They're not even testing properly. But this episode, we are talking all about labs, thyroid labs, where they should be, what you need to get, and what those optimal numbers are. And at the end, I even give you case studies, like if this, then this. So you can actually follow along. You might hear it and say, oh my gosh, that's me. So listen up, take notes. I promise this is going to benefit you tremendously. So today we are going to be talking about What do your labs mean? What are all these confusing numbers in front of you? Are you even getting all of the labs done? Are you being told that you're normal by your doctor and you know that you're not normal and that something is wrong, but you are so confused and you're reading this and you're reading that and you're looking at your labs and nothing's flagged high or flagged low? Well, we are going to work through all of that. We are focusing on thyroid labs today only because there's a lot to talk about in each category. And at the end, I will be giving you examples. So we'll be doing if this, then this, and one of those might be you. So stay tuned, get a pen, get a paper. I know that's old school. Get out your Google Drive, pull out your phone and open the notes section, and we will get down to it. So first of all, when we're talking labs, first, we have to clarify that I will be talking from a functional perspective. And even amongst the functional medicine community, there's debate. There's debate amongst along the lines of what is optimal. Sometimes doctors will have a different optimal for TSH or reverse T3. So I will be telling you what I have found. I've been doing this for 24 years. What I have found works in terms of labs where my patients feel their best. So when we're talking normal versus optimal. When we're comparing the standard lab value range versus the functional medicine optimal range, I like to use the analogy of the side of a barn. So if I tell you to throw a ball and hit the side of a barn, you're probably going to hit it if you're standing back, let's say 100 feet, right? Probably going to hit it. That's normal. Now, if I put a target, a little bullseye on the side of the barn, and I say, here you go, hit this. You might, you might not. It takes a lot more effort to get into that optimal range. But in that optimal range, that is where you are going to feel your best. So first, we have to start off with you getting all of the labs that you need, step one, And by the way, if you do need a thorough list and you want these reference ranges as well, you can go to my website. I have a lab and symptom checklist on there. And in that lab and symptom checklist, first you can see all the symptoms that, you know, you may or may not be having and some that will surprise you are correlated to thyroid disease. And then you will have all of the different labs that I need you to get. And that's where you will start comparing. So it's a nifty, handy-dandy, little free download that you can grab off my website. Go to free guides, get the lab and symptom checklist. That will give you everything that you need. But today, you're going to learn a lot more. And sometimes this information will stick. Even when you're looking at my lab and symptom checklist, I do go into detail and describe it. But hearing it again, hearing it here then you'll look at that lab and symptom checklist and you'll look at your labs and it'll all just connect in your brain and you'll get it. And then you will be a better patient advocate for yourself. So to start, you need all the labs. You need TSH, free T3, free T4, reverse T3. T3 uptake is kind of cool to have. And then TPO and TJ antibodies. So we have to start there with complete, thorough testing. Now, let's say you go to your doctor and you say, doc, I want all these labs done. They go, well, I don't do uh, reverse T3. Why? Right? Everyone asks me why. Why won't a doctor order these labs? So the first answer is it could be insurance. Although I would argue that you as a consumer, as a patient, have the right to know I won't order these labs because of your insurance rather than no, I don't do that. No, that's irrelevant. No, I don't order that. That's just a hard nosed, big red flag, time to leave your doc and go to another one. Big red flag for you. If it is insurance, I want to know it's insurance. And then I should be able to decide whether or not I want to pay out of pocket or go to Alta Labs and order my own because maybe it's a lot cheaper than even if insurance doesn't cover it. I want to know that information. So that's a big one right there. Just to kind of start out, we know that doctors don't test thoroughly because of insurance, because of coding, they don't know what to put on there. And sometimes they don't even believe in what we as functional medicine practitioners believe in, such as reverse T3. So we'll get into what reverse T3 means, how it correlates, but many doctors don't find it applicable to your treatment. If it's not going to change your treatment, which I would order reverse T3 can change treatment plans and treatment protocols with medication. If it's not going to change your treatment, then why do it? That's the the way of thinking. Now, again, I would argue that each and every lab that I just mentioned will change the course of your treatment if something is off and we have to piece that all together. Okay. So, let's start with the main one, TSH. You go in, if you go in and you say, hey, doc, can I have a thyroid panel? And you don't specify the labs that you want, you're getting a TSH you might get a free T4, and that's it. So TSH, again, we're going to talk about what can lower TSH too and give you a false low, but it is a brain hormone. It is released from the pituitary. It is not a thyroid hormone. It is called thyroid stimulating hormone. It is a brain hormone. And I like to use analogies. Those of you who have been listening for a while, I love to use analogies. So again, I don't get really nitty gritty biological scientific-y. <laughs> That's a word. Is scientific-y a word? If not it needs to be in Wikipedia. Anyways, I don't get all scientific-y, um, but I want you to kind of have a picture in your mind when I'm talking as to what different conditions or hormones or things in your body are doing. So with TSH, I like to use the analogy of a feeler, right? It's kind of like the brain is sensing, is there enough thyroid hormone in the body? Now we have a feedback loop and we're not going to get into that because that's getting too deep. We have a lot to cover today. The brain's kind of feeling like, is there enough thyroid hormone here? Yes. Okay. Then we can be quiet and TSH goes down. TSH is the only lab value where high means low. So the higher that goes, then the more hypo you are becoming, the lower your thyroid function is. So, high means low. So, as TSH climbs, then you are becoming more and more hypo. Now, we can't go by TSH alone. So, I want you to think of various things that could mask or lower your TSH even into an optimal range that could negatively impact your diagnosis, meaning you could go misdiagnosed. Because if your doctor's only looking at TSH and it's low because of, ready, blood pressure medications, metformin, if all y'all are on metformin, metformin can lower your TSH, And chronic inflammation, which many of you have, if you have hypothyroidism or if you have undiagnosed hypothyroidism, you're in a state of inflammation anyways, you're probably insulin resistant, you may or may not have been told that you're insulin resistant and put on metformin, and you probably are having some blood pressure problems too, and you're probably on a blood pressure medication. Now, there are some other medications that lower TSH as well, but just keep those things in mind that can impact the TSH value. So if you're looking to find out what the heck is wrong with you because you have all these symptoms and you're only getting TSH looked at, that's a huge problem because TSH can go down because of these other factors. It's also a problem if you're on medication and they're only dosing you based on your TSH. So you might be on a thyroid medication and metformin and you come in with a super low TSH and your doctor freaks out because he thinks he or she thinks that you're hyper- like you're going into a hyperthyroid state, and that's not the case. Your TSH can go low because you're on thyroid medication. We'll get to that when we get the free T3 too. Your TSH can go low because you're on thyroid medication, be it T4 or T3. It does tend to push down a little bit lower on T3, but it can push down low and actually become suppressed on T4 medication. But also, when you combine it with these other meds that push it down, you can get an abnormally low TSH that is just being pushed down. It doesn't mean that you're in a hyperthyroid state. Okay, so that's part one of TSH. Other things um, you have to remember is that with thyroid cancer, we want to keep you suppressed. We want to keep that TSH down. And by the way, optimal lab value, since you're all wondering, I go up to a two. I like to see TSH below a two. Now, will I accept 2.2, 2.5, 2.9? I've seen all those come in and the patient's doing well and their symptoms are improving and the free T3 is good and the reverse T3 is good and antibodies are dropping down, then fine. Yeah, I'll take a 2.2, 2.5. But in general, I like it below a two. Post-thyroid cancer, I like it low. I like it suppressed, below a one. And then we have to take into account if you are on thyroid medication. Low TSH does not mean hyper. I want you to take that home. I'll repeat that. Low TSH does not mean hyper. We have to look at your symptoms. What are your symptoms? So if you're above a two and you're suffering, we have to take all the other labs into account and we have to take your symptoms into account because that's going to give us the full picture. There's actually a point in time in treatment when we're optimizing you where TSH doesn't really even matter. Like, yeah, you can throw it in there as a reference point. Sometimes I like to see if someone's in a a very, very hypo state, you know, if it's like a five or a nine, yeah, that's, that's relevant. And we'd like to see it come down. But other than that, um, don't really care. Don't really care about it. Okay. Moving on. T4. T4 is the storage hormone. So when we're talking T4, we're talking total T4, we're talking free T4. T4 is the storage thyroid hormone. So total, think about it as you're in the car, free. T4 is you're out of the car. So T4 in the car, it's it's driving. It's being transported. T4 out of the car, it's ready to be used. It's ready to go somewhere. It's ready to be changed. It's ready to be turned into T3. Rarely do I look at totals, whether it's total T4 or total T3, it's, it's nice to peek at, but it's not imperative. So if I have a patient that has to order their own labs, let's say, I'm going to save you money and say, go ahead and leave out the totals. Let's just get the free because the free is what is available. So the free T4 is available to be um, changed and morphed into the active thyroid hormone T3. T4, completely inactive inactive, totally inactive. It's storage only. You can't do anything with it except change it. Now T4 can change into reverse T3 or free T3. We like it when it changes into free T3 because your receptor sites on your cell only have a little receptor site for T3. None of your cells have a receptor site for T4. They only have a receptor site for T3. So T4 has to go through this transformation process to turn into T3, to get into the cell, to give you metabolism, grow your hair, and strengthen your nails, and give you a happy mood, and balance your life, and reduce your anxiety and depression. So you can get the total T4, but it's not that important. What is important are the freeze. So if you're looking at your labs and you're only seeing totals, mm, no, you got to go back, you have to request free T4 and free T3 T3 is active it's it's like a million times more active than T4 and because we only have receptor sites on our cells for T3 that's pretty much the most important test that you can get and so often it's left out so if i could pick one test on you if you said all right i can only get one thyroid test done for whatever reason what would it be? I'd say free T3. Let's look at your active thyroid hormone levels and see if they're adequate. Because if they're not, the rest doesn't really even matter at this point. Okay. So T3 is also very fast acting. So there's this battle of T3 therapy. I actually, now listen, I listened to podcasts too. So I was listening to, I forget what podcast it was but I probably shouldn't say anyways, where the doctor on there that was talking about the thyroid with another doctor, um, basically saying that too many practitioners rely on T3 medication to improve a patient's symptoms and improve a patient and improve the lab values, but they're not looking at all these other factors. Let me clarify just in case you've heard that in the past. A functional practitioner... That specializes in the thyroid. So I will speak for myself. We'll look at all those other factors. Of course, I will look at different things that are driving up your reverse T3 that we'll get to in a moment. So things like are you killing yourself in the gym? Are you under a huge amount of physical stress or emotional stress and mental stress? Money stress, do you have chronic inflammation? Is your C-reactive protein high? Is your ferritin low? Are you estrogen dominant? Are you walking around with insulin resistance? Yeah, of course we're gonna look at all those things. We're gonna fix all those things. We're gonna fix your leaky gut. We're gonna fix all that. But the last thing I want to do if you are low in T3 is leave you hanging with battling symptoms for six months to a year as we fix all these other outliers when we could get right to the problem give you the medication that's going to get to your cell, that's going to give you metabolism, that's going to grow your hair, that's going to strengthen your nails, even if it's in a little bit of low amount. And then we look at all these other factors out here that are driving your metabolism down, that it's driving your inflammation up and that's down-regulating your thyroid function, maybe pushing your free T3 below an optimal level, pushing your free T4 below an optimal level, driving up your reverse T3 driving up your antibodies, driving up your TSH if we're looking at that and taking that into account. So there is kind of this battle about T3 therapy. I'm a believer in it. I've seen it change many lives. It's changed my life. I think using T3 medication in the form of NDT or paired up with T4 is definitely the way I go with my patients when they are T3 deficient because T3 is the active thyroid hormone. So for optimal lab values, by the way, free T4 in general, 1.5 or above, in general, free t 3 is 3.5 or above. So that's just an in general range. Now, we have to take into account each individual. And that's why I'll give you examples at the very end, we'll do some like case scenarios on this, because there are some times where you have to look at the person, you have to look at their symptoms, you have to look at all the other values like TSH, free t 3 free t 4 all of those other things that come into play when we're looking at the big picture. So we have to look at all that. But in general, 3.5 or above for free T3 is going to be your optimal range. Now T3 uptake, it's it's a better indicator than thyroid binding globulin, than TBG. Um, 28 to 38 is optimal. And basically T3 uptake is telling us how much room there is on the escort molecules to put more thyroid hormone into the cell. If it's low, there's no room for more thyroid hormone. Maybe too much thyroid medication. Maybe if it's high, it means there's plenty of room for thyroid hormone to be transported in. We, in general, we like a 28 to 38 for T3 uptake. That's kind of a bonus test to get. You don't always have to get that one to get the full picture, but we can add that on as a bonus. Like, hey, kind of nice to see it all. Yeah. Reverse T3 is the biggie. And I actually did a separate recording that you can listen to just on reverse T3 because I know so many people are confused about this particular lab marker. And many practitioners debate the importance of this lab marker. Reverse T3 is a survival mechanism of your body. When reverse T3 goes up, it can go up for a variety of reasons. One of them might be that you have too much T4 medication And that T4 is converting to reverse T3 instead of to free T3. And it can also be a variety of other things that are driving it up. So first, let's talk about it. Reverse T3 survival mechanism. If you land in the ICU and you have inflammation and injury, trauma and infection, your reverse T3 can go up because what it's doing is shutting down your metabolism. It's slowing down the metabolism. It senses cell danger. It's a cell danger response. So your body will drive up reverse T3 to slow everything down because the last thing that you need is a metabolism when you're trying to heal, when your body's trying to heal an injury, heal an infection. You don't need to be burning fat. You don't need to be growing your hair. You don't need that. So it's going to regulate. So that's a basic survival response. So we do see reverse T3 go up in people with chronic inflammation, high C-reactive protein will drive reverse T3 up. But the conversion process of T4 to free T3, preferably, or T4 to reverse T3, whichever it decides to do, is like a marathon with hurdles. So there's so many things that can get in the way in that journey from T4 to T3. And if if you know the little T4 guy is running and he hits a hurdle and falls on his face, Becomes reverse T3. Well, no wonder because there's a bunch of hurdles along this marathon path. You know how bad that would suck to run 26 miles with marathons? I can't run a mile or with hurdles. I can't run a mile. This is a marathon with hurdles, right? So your little free T3 guys or free T4 guys running, he's running and he trips and falls. Whether it's because you have too much insulin, you have too much estrogen. You have not enough ferritin. You don't have enough magnesium, zinc, or selenium. You have too much selenium. You have too much iodine, not enough iodine, too much stress in your life, high cortisol stress, low cortisol, adrenal exhaustion. So many things can get in the way. So you can see why it's very important to test reverse T3 because we can adjust your medication based on it. It's also going to tell us kind of what else to look at with you. Because here's the other things that can raise reverse T3. Insulin resistance. So high insulin. How many of you have insulin resistance? Right? We see it go hand in hand with hypothyroidism. We see insulin resistance paired up with hypo and Hashi all the time. So you're walking around with Hashimoto's undiagnosed, diagnosed, medicated, not medicated, and you have high insulin, you're going to have a high reverse T3. That's going to impair T4 to T3 conversion, and it's going to affect how you feel, your symptoms, and your metabolism for sure. Absolutely for sure. Physical stress, emotional stress, and even physical stress from kicking your own ass at the gym day after day. You're in this cycle of well, I'm not losing any weight, and I have this thyroid problem, and I'm not losing any weight, and I'm doing the diet, and I'm not losing any weight, and I'm not losing any weight, so I'm going to go to the gym, and I'm going to kill myself for an hour and a half, two hours every day. I'm going to get on the treadmill, I'm going to get on the stepper. I'm going to get on the elliptical, I'm going to be like a rat on a wheel, or what is a hamster on a wheel, hamster wheel, something like that, and that creates a stress on the body, and your body's going to freak out and raise your reverse T3, and that's going to work completely against you. Not to mention, it's also going to raise your cortisol levels, which is going to work against you. So emotional stress, physical stress, toxins. We talk all the time about toxins, environmental toxins being endocrine disruptors. And one of the things that it does, not only do toxins push down free T3, but they're going to raise reverse T3. So that's a cause. Poor quality supplements. How many times have we gone over this? I am a supplement brand snob. You do not buy your supplements on Amazon. You don't buy them from Walmart. You don't buy them from Costco. You don't buy them from Sam's Club. You don't even really buy them from GNC or the local vitamin world. You have to buy high-quality supplements. You have to. Because poor-quality supplements can actually inflame and do more harm than good. So I always say this, and I'm going to repeat it. I would rather have you be on three good-quality supplements therapeutic supplements that are going to nurture you and move numbers than on 10 that you saw on a blog post because they're good for thyroid disease, but your bottom, like you're using cheapy, cheapy stuff from Amazon and, and, and Sam's club, not to put down Sam's club, but in general, you want to have high quality supplements, poor quality supplements will drive up reverse T3 because it's going to drive up inflammation in your body. So that's a biggie. What you eat, not eating enough, processed foods, all of that going to drive up reverse T3. Latent infections, EBV, Lyme disease, HPV, that's going to drive up inflammation and that's going to drive up your reverse T3 as well. The cell wants to slow the metabolism when you are in that cell danger response. So remember that whenever you're not getting enough sleep, you're not doing deep breathing, you're not taking time for yourself, you're not balancing your exercise, you're putting in processed foods, you have a a latent EBV, you have Lyme disease, you didn't even know it. Many people don't know they have Epstein-Barr virus, but that's a big driver of Hashimoto's, but it's also going to drive up reverse T3. You're in this constant inflamed condition, that's going to drive up reverse T3. You're in high insulin mode all the time. You're in estrogen dominance and you don't even know it. You haven't had your hormones tested in forever. That's going to drive up reverse T3. So there are many, many factors that will drive that up independent of conversion issues, but all those factors will also drive it up and then you're going to have conversion issues. Reverse T3 is a very, very important test to get. Do not let your doctor tell you, we only do that in the ICU. Well, that's a no-brainer. If we do it in the ICU, guess what? I'm placing my bet on it being high because it's going to be. Why else would you be in the ICU? Let's do it on your a healthy, air quotes, healthy Person that we're trying to regulate and optimize their thyroid and they're taking T4 medication or they have Hashimoto's and their thyroid's slowly being destroyed. And you know, their body's not making enough T4 anymore, but the T4 that it is making is converting over to reverse T3. That's important information to know. We have to know that. Do not let your doctor say no to testing reverse T3 or go get it yourself. Go to Alta Labs, get it yourself maybe $34. I might be remembering that wrong, but it's relatively inexpensive. And it's a need to know test. All right, here's the biggies. And and I really feel compelled to talk about these because I can't even tell you the amount of patients that I have seen that have high TPO and TGA and are told nothing. So we're talking antibodies here. Thyroperoxidase, thyroglobulin, TPO, TGA. Sometimes it's called TGAB. So high antibodies, they're told nothing, they're ignored. And we have talked about that in the five stages of Hashimoto's. You can always go back. There's a podcast on that. I want you to subscribe to my podcast anyway. So subscribe so you can go back through and watch that one. Listen to that one. Five stages of Hashimoto's where people can have high antibodies and the doctors are saying, ah, we're just going to wait and see. We're going to wait until you're 30 pounds heavier and you can't get out of bed because you're so tired then we're going to pay attention to you. So a rash of that happening. And then there's this trend happening with not testing the other antibody. So I'll see TGA without TPA. I'll see TPO without TGA. I don't know why. I can't tell you why on that one. I could tell you why in the beginning because of insurance and then doctors not knowing how to read it and, and then the coding and all that. I don't know. Why, why would you only order one if there's a doctor out there, if one of you guys listening knows the answer to that one, please let me know. So thyroperoxidase, TPO, this is the most common test for autoimmune thyroid disease. It's detected in Graves. It can be, it it is detected in Hashimoto's. It can be detected in Graves. So we do do that in Graves patients as well, because there's a swing, Hashi to Graves. And then thyroglobulin is The antibody that target, well, TGA is the antibody that targets thyroglobulin, which is the storage form of thyroid hormone. So anti-TPO antibodies are more common. Maybe that's why I'll see more TPO tests and not TGA. I don't know. I still can't come up with the answer to that. So TPO, more common, more indicative for thyroid disease, Hashimoto's. TPO antibodies are inductors of oxidative stress. So we'll see advanced the ages, the advanced glycation end products. We'll see an increase of ages. We'll see ROS, reactive oxygen species. So indicators for inflammation, we will see with high levels of TPO. However, with TPO, their their contribution to thyroid damage compared to T-cell and cytokine-mediated apoptosis is minor. So anti-TPO antibodies are detected in 90 to 95% of Hashimoto patients. That's the TPO. TPO. And then the production of antibodies against TG, which is the TGAb, TGA, TGAb, can be induced by massive destruction of the thyroid gland. So we really need both to get an accurate picture. And optimal for that. So I talked about, did I talk about optimal for reverse T3? I apologize. Let me back up reverse T3. If you're taking notes, you're in your Google drive, you're in your phone, taking notes, reverse. We like it below a 15. If everything else is beautiful and perfect. So if your free T3 is great, your symptoms are down. I will totally accept a reverse T3 of 14, 15. If your symptoms are flaring, your free T3 is like a 2.7 then I really want that reverse to be below a 12. And this is debated too. This is debated. I have heard some functional practitioners say they're okay with it going up to an 18. Well, I'm sorry, an 18, you're having conversion issues, or there's something going on, or you're inflamed, or you're under stress, or something is going on that we really need to take a look at here. So that's reverse. Now I'll get back to the antibodies. Antibodies. Both of them can change based on the lab that you're using. Sometimes it's below a nine, sometimes it's below a 20 as normal. But I say any, 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 any presence of antibodies is your body saying, hi, hello, there's some autoimmune present and this could very easily move into Hashi. If you're below that range, let's say the range is less than nine and you're coming in at a one or a two, maybe we just look at, Maybe we do just keep an eye on it as long as you're not gaining weight rapidly and tired all the time and you can't get out of bed. It's all individual. But basically, in a nutshell, I'm talking in a nutshell here, if you're coming in with low, low, low antibodies, but they're still present, maybe we just keep an eye on it. But listen, if you're coming in with antibodies, just talk to someone today. Never told that she has Hashimoto's. I forget the exact numbers, but one was like 200 and something. And then the other one was like 80 or 90 something. And I said, did anybody tell you you have Hashimoto's? Because you do. And that's not me diagnosing. That's you going to Google and typing in, you know, if this is high and that is high, do I have Hashimoto? They're through the roof. And people aren't even getting told that they have this condition or they're being told we're just going to watch it, wait and see. Oh, you have the antibodies, but since they're not in the thousands, we're just going to watch this, keep an eye on it while the patient suffers from symptoms. It's not cool in my book. It is not treat proper treatment of a patient in my book. You have to look at both of them and I want those at zero. And the reason why we retest, because many practitioners will say, oh, there's no need to retest those antibodies. Yeah, there is, because if they keep going up, then that's something that we have to address. That's something you and I have to sit down and say, all right, what the heck's going on here? Are you eating a loaf of bread every day? Are you under a ton of stress? Are you killing your body? Is your ferritin lo-? like, what is going on here? That's why we retest. I also want to see them go down. So in proper treatment, ultimately, I would like to see those go down. And Hashimoto's is an autoimmune condition that can be put into remission. So we can actually get those antibodies to zero. Not everybody, but it is absolutely possible. So that's why we want to retest the antibodies as well. And we ultimately want them as low as possible, preferably zero, but as low as possible. Low, 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 low. The other reason why we want to look at them over time is if they are high, we want to look at things like Epstein-Barr virus, Lyme disease. We want to kind of reel that in because since autoimmune begets autoimmune, we want to make sure that that's not going to, when antibodies increase, there's concern that it will go into other autoimmune conditions. So that is a valid, valid concern. And that's why we retest them. So let me get to a couple examples. I'm going to try to, I have one written down. I'm going to try to do a couple from memory. So let's say you have a low TSH. I'll try to give you numbers. Let's say we go low TSH um, uh, 0.5. You have a high reverse T3. You have a low free T4, no metabolism, brain fog on T4 meds. What does that mean? First of all, the person needs the free T3 done. We need free T3 right off the bat. If that reverse T3 is high, we have to find the source of it. Is it inflammation? Is it high insulin? Um, Is it physical stress? Is it mental stress? Is it EBV? Is it Lyme? We have to test for that. And then that low free T4 kind of makes us pause. So this is where we go, all right, this patient is suffering with symptoms, low free T4, but high reverse T3, but the low TSH. Now remember, low TSH, TSH can go down when you're on any medication, I have seen T4 only patients push their TSH down. I have seen it. And even to like the super physiological low, like I am at like 0.007, I have seen it go low on T4 only meds. It's rare, but I've seen it happen. So then, if a patient has low free T4, we have to say, well, the missing component here really is free T3. I mean, we have to check the antibodies too, but we really need that number. You cannot get a picture of what is going on with this patient without that free T3 number. Now, let's say free T3, so hypothetical. Free T3 comes in, we do it. It comes in in the normal range, but the patient's 2.7. Okay, obviously this patient has a conversion problem. The T4 is low and it's being converted to reverse T3. The reverse T3 is high. We're checking all the boxes there. And T3 is low as well. This person needs T3 medication. Like I said earlier, there's that great debate. Do we really need to put in T3 medication? Yes. Yes, we do. Because that's going to bring up the free T3. It's going to reduce this poor person's symptoms with no metabolism and constant brain fog. And it's going to lower the reverse T3. Now, we might even lower her T4 med. We might. But let's add in the T3 first. Let's support all systems. Let's check the ferritin. Let's check insulin. Let's check estrogen. Let's check all the sex hormones. Let's check uh, magnesium, selenium, iodine, zinc. Let's check all the factors that come into play. Support the thyroid as much as possible. And add in that little bit of T3 med. Let's add that in. Okay, another scenario. Low TSH. Let's go really low. 0.007. Low free T4, like actually an L, like, you know, you get an H or an L next to your lab values. This one actually has an L, like it's flagged. Oh my gosh, it's low. So it's flat and it's red. So low free T4, a high free T3, although we'll say, you know, high for the labs. Again, it's flagged with an H. It's all red. It's like a five or a 4.9 and then a low reverse T3. That's me. Now, if I hand you those labs and you're a conventional doc, you're gonna freak out. You are going to freak the heck out and you are going to think that I am hyper, right? If I just present you with the labs only, you are going to look at it and go, this person is hyper. We need to drop her dose. Now, take into account that I'm on T3 only. Of course, my T4 is going to be low. Of course, my TSH is going to be suppressed. It's been like 17 years. My free T3 is high, but that's my optimal. So ask me as a patient what my symptoms are. And if I tell you, like, I feel pretty damn good. I'm not anxious. My sleep is fine. I don't feel like I'm crawling out of my skin. Um, I'm not losing weight. Like, I just stay pretty stable. It's not like I'm rapidly losing weight from this super high metabolism from being hyper. Um, I don't have heart palpitations. My heart rate's normal, my blood pressure is normal. Everything's pretty good. You have to look at the person. You have to ask about their symptoms. You, you are more than a lab value. If I hand my labs over to a conventional doc I am going to get screwed because they are going to drop my T3 medication. I'm going to drop into a hypostate. Or they're going to add in T4 medication and it's going to send me into a hypostate because I don't convert at all. I'm T3 only. I don't convert. Perfect examples of why, A, we need all of the testing done. If you go by a smidgen, if you go by this teeny little snapshot, TSH, free T4, even TSH, free T4, reverse T3, but no free T3, not enough, not enough to go by. If you look at a patient's labs only and don't take into account their symptoms, not enough to go by. You could be misdiagnosed, under-medicated. You could have your meds pulled. It's a bad, bad situation when you don't get all of the labs done and you are not being looked at as a person with feelings and symptoms. And how do you feel on a daily basis? That's very important to know and to take into account. So get the labs, go to my website, amyhornum.com. go to free guides, download the lab and symptom checklist. That way you have everything that we just talked about right in front of you. But I really wanted you guys to know and understand, even if this is the fifth time that you've been hearing this, to understand so it clicks in your brain as to what these labs mean. Now, my amazing sauce... Moderators on the attuned thyroid that's on Jan, Don, you guys know this like the back of your hand. But for everybody else, sometimes hearing it over and over again doesn't it it takes like seven times of seeing or hearing something for it to stick? Isn't that right? So hearing this over and over again, maybe hearing in a different way, maybe I say in a different way. Maybe you hear from me and then hear it from somebody else, and then it just kind of clicks. Hearing it in a different way just helps you to be a better patient advocate for yourself. Because when you understand what your labs mean and you understand how this all fits together, and then you take into account your own symptoms too. Like you're looking at your labs and you're going, but I'm not hyper, but my T3 is high. My TSH is low, but I'm not hyper. Or you're looking at it going, my free T3 is a three. My TSH is a 2.5. Boy, I feel like crap. I keep gaining weight and I'm tired all the time. Well, then that's important because even though you're smidgen close to being optimal and you're free T3, you as a person are suffering from symptoms. Your TSH is above a two. We have to take that into account, into consideration and base a treatment protocol around that. Do some more digging. Yes, of course, but base a treatment protocol around how you feel, not just the numbers. So I hope that this has helped you. Please share it. Make sure you go to my podcast. Please subscribe. And if you dig the information, write me a review because they love that. Reviews help so much. So it would be like a personal favor to me. Okay. So feel free to contact me and I will see you guys next week. Take care. Hey guys. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you loved it. And as always, if you would be so kind to leave a review, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, that would be absolutely amazing. I read all of them. Also, anything that you hear on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any kind of medical condition. So we always recommend that you check with your medical provider, your doctor, your nurse practitioner, before implementing anything that you hear on this podcast. And if you want to find out more about working together,